0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Competitive Magic with the Carnies, the new podcast where we're going to talk about competitive magic. It's going to be me, Andrea Mengucci, and from Spain, Javier Dominguez. Hello, hello. And from Australia, Anthony Lee. Hola. You might know me from Twitch, Twitch, YouTube, channelfirebot.com, all the famous legacy videos. You might know Javier, one of the best player in the world, world champion. But the person behind us for the longest of the time and that I want you to know the most is Anthony Lee from Australia. Anthony, introduce yourself, please.
1: Oh, okay, so I've been testing with these guys for uh, quite a while now since... Uh, Pro Tour Shadows of Innistrad, which I guess was a while ago, huh? Uh, and I've more or less joined teams with these guys uh, consecutively since then. Um, I wasn't always qualified for uh, the Pro Tours. In fact, I would say most of the time I was not, but uh, I just really enjoy uh, preparing and thinking about competitive magic. So, And I was uh, lucky enough that these guys were always willing to have me help them anyway. So I've kind of followed them around for a while. Um, I think a good way to put it, I remember one time on coverage, uh, Rich Hagen called me a, a third base coach. I was initially very offended because I misheard it as third rate coach at first. Um, but <laughs> a third, third base coach, I think that's a, that's a reasonable way to put it. So uh, yeah, I guess that, that sums that up more or less. Yeah,
0: uh, my, my best memory of your help is definitely uh pt i believe it was called the mythic championship seven mm-hmm. uh which was the one where i played a simic ramp with uh, the crater oh yeah yeah uh, and for runners yes. and, uh, yes,
2: yes.
0: yeah yeah uh, sorry and race for runners yeah and you won a, a ptq with it the week before mm-hmm. and uh, basically just handed me the list uh, i don't even think i've changed the card and i made the top four of that uh, of that mythic yeah championship, and i made so. top four
1: of uh, gp at the same time as you it was simultaneous <laughs> yeah yeah remember that remember remember Yeah very nice story <laughs> But
0: but you know since then honestly just not only that just endless amount of uh, of help uh, by by Anthony uh, we are we made this group called the Carnies this is a group that we made I believe it was around GP Lil 2018 uh, where both <laughs> me and avir played golgari in standard and we had four copies of carnage tyrant in the 75 so it started to be uh the the the, the carny joke because we played a lot of carnage tyrant
2: yeah we, we caught ourselves uh, yeah. i also remember anthony trying to make us play these like two-man explorer that was a 304 i uh, think that was the, the first <laughs> conversation from the group the
1: it's
2: a it's a zero three. <laughs> a zero three. <laughs> it's Yeah. Not exactly. even a I got Excalibur Invader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he yeah, almost got there. At the end, uh, we just only played Elvis Invader, which was bad. Uh, by yeah. in the so day. So we
1: started out as the Carnies, you know, like we were calling ourselves the Carnie Boys because we were going to play Carnage Tyrant. And I think after that standard GP, there was uh, a modern, some sort of modern event. I don't recall exactly. It was probably a GP. There were a lot of GPs. Um, and uh, at some point me and Javier started to suspect that maybe Tron was going to be a really good choice and we knew that uh Andrea Mangucci was not the biggest fan of Tron <laughs> in general uh as uh you know because he plays modern and most people who play modern are not huge fans of Tron so I waited for mangu to go to sleep and then I changed everything in our chat to be Tron themed including spelling our name uh after Khan Liberated changing our picture to Khan Liberated and so on um and then just waxing poetic with Javier for the whole night about how we were definitely going to play Tron at this GP so that when he woke up, he would have a waking nightmare. Uh, and ever since then, we've just left it like that. So, um Yeah, ne- the, needless to say that Javier
0: didn't play Tron. Didn't and I? He probably top-hated with whatever he played <laughs> instead.
1: That's, that's, all of that sounds probably true. So,
2: <laughs> I... Yeah, I, actually, yeah, I guess it was Jeskai. guy. It, it was, it was the yeah, sky, yeah. yeah. It was between Jeskai and Tron, think, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I think you it just... was
0: in the period of time where you literally top hated every
1: European yeah, GP. It was, yeah, it was it was wild. I, th- I, th- <laughs> I think the best one was when you played, like, blue-white control decks and back-to-back GPs and they weren't even the same <laughs> format. Like, it was a standard one and then a, a modern one or something. So Yeah, but well, the yeah, standard yeah. one
2: was, like, not, not a great deck, but the Ferry was with me.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> a good friend. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Alrighty. the goal
0: of the podcast... The goal of the podcast is to talk about competitive magic because um, I am a content creator mostly focused on uh, competitive uh, magic formats like Pioneer and Modern, Anthony is also a um, player who uh, Really tries to, you know, win every local event as well as, you know, playing the arena qualifier. And Javier, well, Javier just plays everything. And it's not just I play everything meme. He plays everything, but he wants to win everything he plays. He's probably the most competitive player I ever met. He's going to just always try to give his best to get to play the best list and everything like that. So he's probably the best person to make a podcast about competitive magic with?
2: Well, I, I'm flattered, but I, I'm pretty sure there are some people that are more competitive there. I just love the process. Like I guess sometimes it's not always that I want to win. It's just like, I love working on decks and trying to figure out what the best deck is for the weekend. Even if like, you know, like sometimes I do it even if I'm not playing the tournament itself. So I I just, I just love working through the information, yeah. decklist, cyber text, you know, all these kind of things. Even like for all the formats. sale, yeah. could be like popper, old school, modern, standard, pioneer, historic, anything, anything works for me. I just like it's just magic, and I, I just love it.
1: Yeah, I think a good way to yeah, exactly. put how Javier tends to see things, as far as the way I see him, is that he, it's not so much the winning that he enjoys as trying to win. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what we're trying to go for here i guess we, we just really love that and that's kind of why we're doing yeah. this podcast yeah
0: i was also i was also you know being a way more competitive uh, player before the let's say end of the pro era into uh, for myself and into this more content creation era so nowadays i try to play the most the vast uh, um, wa- uh, number of decks but at the same time have an understanding of okay this deck i'm playing is it good is it bad and things like that so um let's say that our goal is always to try to talk about the decks that did well in the weekend as well as the decks that we think are the best in the weekend trying to properly rate uh, the results with what actually we believe in
2: yeah and i expect to make sure if the other one misses to remember them next weekend you know next week that's a uh... That's also something we expect to do as well. Okay, so
0: like uh, saying that you're wrong or uh, you were right and things like that. Yeah,
2: more like you're wrong and yeah. we were right. Yeah, that's uh... yeah.
0: <laughs> I will. Uh, um, I want to yeah. also put my hands in front and saying that I will most likely going to be bullied by Javier and Anthony. They like to make fun of my bold claims that are often to, that are often wrong in fact.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, we are not here to make bold claims in general Uh, Javier and I are uh, let's say more moderate Uh, I wouldn't expect um, I I wouldn't expect us to make uh, very uh, very strong statements in general so we're never going to tell you that we think uh, a deck is absolutely cracked or that uh, you should play this card while you still can or that uh, our deck is, like, playing a different format unless we genuinely believe it, and it is very rare for us to genuinely believe that. So, we're mostly just going to okay. tell you what we think might be good, you know? Um, and we we won't always be uh, very certain about it, and even when we say something is good, we don't necessarily mean, um... We, 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 we don't see good and bad as, 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 a, as a linear uh, power level thing um we're mostly talking about what we think uh in terms of probabilities so if we say a deck is good we mean that it's a safe choice that most of the time it's going to be uh a, a, the right choice right but it doesn't mean okay, that you should so definitely yeah
0: it's going to be my job of bold claims and saying that a car should be under percent banned <laughs> and yeah. uh, you should buy every single copy possible to make so much money. Buying and selling cards. That's gonna be my role.
1: Oh, you know, well, I we have to have thing. someone to do it, I guess. because we don't, have yeah, enough of that. Everybody... we don't have enough of that already, so, you know, it's good that yeah. we okay. have some.
0: So, let's let's talk about one thing. Let's talk about the fact that Anthony, on day one of Streets of New Capena, said that Unlicensed hers was going to be a great card, and you bought how many copies?
1: I don't know, I have a box of them, I guess. <laughs> as many as I could he find. Bought a lot of,
0: <laughs> he bought a lot of copies of Unlicensed Hearths in paper. So, he could have done that on Magic Online and turned literally cents to gold.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have so, been the Elon Musk uh... of Magic Online, but, you know, here I am. So Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Stay tuned for the next great deal that Anthony is going to tell you for Illuminati United, for sure.
2: You could have told tell us about Feeble of the Mirror Breaker, dude. That would be uh, good. Yeah, if I also. knew that
1: it was. I mean, look, we didn't even... I don't even think we played that card for the PT, so... Oh. You know, yeah, i didn't honestly, even know what he did let alone honestly, speculate in my
0: team in my, in my team for the the new kamigawa dynasty the the open team that i set up uh the players in my team uh played so much "Fable of the mirror breaker in alchemy which was the only available formats for that for that card and uh and that card turned out to be great so i'm pretty i'm pretty happy that you that's know that's a the, good the catch. Open team yeah. that I set up. most
1: people missed that yeah had the, we missed it big yeah. time
0: so. and it's funny how a player playing on the ladder played against a player of another team, and they also added it to their deck and made top it of a PT with Fable of the Mirror Breaker only by playing in the, in the ladder against uh, this other player.
1: <laughs> wow! Well, well, you do you do usually win yeah. when you make a copy of uh Fable of the Mirror Breaker, so that makes sense, I guess. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Fable
0: of the Mirror Breaker probably one of the most impactful cards that you didn't expect uh, were actually good.
1: Yeah, definitely. So- I
0: agree. Okay, so before. Uh, Before uh, before 2020, me and Javier uh, were often traveling together to events, practicing together for many you know days, weeks, having always Anthony in our uh, Discord group uh, or our Facebook Messenger, I guess, uh, talking about our updates and things like that. Anthony, actually, when was the last time that you've uh, teamed up with uh, with us for PT? Uh, Do do
1: you remember? It was the Modern Horizons One Pro Tour, right? Okay, yeah, that's true. You came;
0: yeah, that was an amazing time. Me, you, and Zen. We stayed in uh, Javier's house in Barcelona for like what two weeks or two something weeks. like that in yeah. summer, with the swimming pool. It was it was amazing. We found out about Hogak. Yeah, I was gonna then- say we
1: needed to make sure that our accommodation was very comfortable because we were just going to play Hogak all day. So you might as well try to make the experience you know kind of pleasant while you're doing it so, yeah, but you were on. not qualified
2: though You, I think you lost the finals of the last chance qualifier mm-hmm. right or something uh, like that yeah that sounds right like, yeah I lost the
1: finals yeah that's it yep. Yeah. So. Antonio always With, loses the finals It's like yeah. a mini Marcia yeah. Yeah.
2: Cool. <laughs> he lost mini the finals <laughs> oh, the PTQs, instead of the PTQs <laughs> he's still losing the finals I, I'm sorry Marcia I had to do it I would have done <laughs> it if you hadn't <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so go, go so on yeah, now
0: go you know yeah since COVID um, we kind of took ways because uh, in the sense that for, for testing team in this because I I s- stopped, let's say, testing as much as I were uh, before, but I still love competitive magic. And now that I am just all in modern and pioneer, I feel like this is the perfect time to, to, to start a podcast talking about these formats. Okay, Anthony, mm-hmm. this Sunday, so few days ago, you won an RCQ, mm-hmm. which will put you to the same level as me and Avier in terms of qualifications. Me and Javier well, will that's, play. That's, I the... didn't
1: think about it that way. Now, now that it feels a lot better. Go on, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, go <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> we're, we're
0: qualified for the same events at the moment. You will play. Where where is your where is your uh, regional event?
1: Uh, it's in Sydney
0: it's in sydney, sydney so you'll play against uh, all the australians and new zealandese i guess uh
1: the people from new zealand are also australians it's, new zealand is part of australia so yeah i'll be playing against all the australians
0: yeah <laughs> you'll uh, reunite the, the motherland
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh in this in this uh <laughs> in this uh, regional event whereas me and javier will play in the Sofia event uh, already very excited for that one as it's going to be the let's say the, the the first important paper event in many 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 uh year, months and years so excited for that one but yeah let's talk about your rcq one again it was okay. last sunday and you played
1: uh madu yeah in pioneer um
0: okay mardu Greasefang. so tell us a bit more about that that why not Abzan? why not esper because we know Grease Fang, it's a powerful card, combos with Parelion. For those of you who don't know, Grease Fang is a 3-mana 4-3. When it comes into play, you reanimate a vehicle... but right at the beginning of combat on your haste. turn.
1: Not, not, not when it comes into play. Oh, sorry, man, if it was sorry. when it comes into at play, b- I wish,
0: yeah. <laughs> but, no, 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 yeah. no, you can actually... Yeah, there's a few ways that you can interact with it. Uh, so, it comes into play, Main Phase 1, nothing happens. Then you move uh, to Main Phase 1, you target your parelion or Sky Sovereign, or Azikas Chariot, it gets into play, it gets haste with your 4-3 in begin combat, you can crew your vehicle and attack. So with Parillion, you'll get two four four Angel attacking. With Sky Sovereign, you'll deal 3 damage when it comes into play and deal 3 damage when it attacks. So that's obviously a super powerful interaction that you can do as early as turn 3.
1: Yep. Uh, so a lot of people ask me this question um, that you that you asked me, which is, uh, why, why Maru Grease Fang and not Abzan or Esper Grease Fang? And to me, that's... I mean that's an intuitive question, of course, but it it's I think it's not really the right question to be asking because I don't this the version of Mardu Greasefang I played uh, I should start with is something that's a lot closer to the Rakdos mid range deck uh, that is very well established in the format at this point more than um, uh, in air quotes uh, Greasefang deck. So when I was playing, I I thought the Greasefang interaction was very powerful, but I didn't really like how a lot of the Greasefang decks looked, um, and then I realized that you could just there was no particular reason that the Greasefang decks had to be all in or really focused on Grease Fang. Because you don't actually need that much stuff to do um Greasefang. You need a way to get Parhelion into your graveyard and you need to play four Parhelion and four Grease Fang. But that can that's not that big a package. You can kind of fit that into a, a lot of different shells. So uh, I was trying to put them I was trying to build the Greasefang decks to be more mid range so that they would be able to play um, a game when they don't have the when when the cards don't come together. And I remember um, at some point, uh, Eli Loveman mentioned to us that you know why why don't people just play mid range decks that just have Greasy? And yeah, you you can just do that. You can just put Grease Fang in a mid range deck. And I think that's a much better approach to playing um, to 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 exploiting this interaction with Grease Fang and parhelion than p- building a deck around it per se. So to me the question is not really is it Abzan Esper or Mardu Greasefang but am I going to play Mardu Greasefang or am I going to play Rakdos midrange because those are the decks that are more comparable to me uh, in my view. Um so But
0: your, yeah. your Greasefang deck plays some cards that you have never played in a midrange deck That's like true. Season Hollowblade or mm-hmm. Hazaret the Fervent.
1: Uh yep so Hazard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, obviously definitely on board. The fervent champion is definitely on board with Hazret the fervent seeing some more play uh yeah. in, in tournaments once again. Uh so for me I was trying to figure out how I could bridge the gap between the mid-range decks and the Greasefang decks. Um and because there's a lot of cards in common between uh Madu Greasefang as it as it is usually and the Rakdos mid-range deck. So it's not really any cost at all to put Bloodtithe Harvester, Thoughtseize, Fable of the Mirror Breaker uh, in your deck. You know, that's that's kind of free. But you do need more discard outlets than that to be able to play the Greasefang plan. So uh, the cards that let me do that were Seasoned Hallowblade and Hazret the Fervent, as you mentioned. And I have a Cathartic Pyre, but, you know, that's more of the same. Um, and the idea is that these cards are aggressive enough to fit in a mid-range plan, which is a big problem with... Uh, the usual grease approach of playing cards like Stitcher Supplier and uh, Safety Wayfinder. Um, you can't really implement a mid-range plan with them because if you can't pressure your opponent, you don't have the flexibility of plans uh, available to you to be able to play a mid-range deck. Um, so you, the cards like Hallowblade so, and Hazaret both allow you to... But they're both functional in a mid-range plan and they help you hit the critical I have a question, master cards so, you need. I have a yep. question about
2: that, Anthony. Yeah, so wh- what are the upsides... Of season Haloblade over Raffin's Informant, for example, right, which so is a card that will attack wars but has more like car selection. Why do yeah, you okay. choose that
1: one? So there's a couple of reasons. Um I guess the first, I guess, is well, I think Season Haloblade is a more powerful card in general. Um so against aggressive decks, for example, it's actually quite hard to attack in the season Haloblade. When you're trying to beat down against, say, uh Blue Red Phoenix, like an indestructible attacker is very valuable. Um but something that was unintuitive to me that i didn't realize until i played with the cards more is that discarding cards at instant speed is actually really important for the Greasefang deck so the fact that cards like say to wayfinder and rafine's informant put the vehicle into your graveyard uh at sorcery speed is quite a disadvantage and that's for a couple of reasons the first is that it exposes your vehicle to interaction in the form of graveyard trespasser and Go Blank, which are the best graveyard hate cards in the most popular deck in the format but also the information that you give up. So if I play Turn 2 Raphine's Informant and just cut a Parhelion in order to try to set up a Grease Fang, my opponent knows that can happen and they know how to play around it accordingly. Whereas if I have a Seasoned Halibade, my opponent doesn't actually know how close I am to playing a, uh, a Grease Fang and returning a Parhelion or Sky Sovereign. And that makes it much harder for them to play against because if they try to leave up interaction or play more passively in order to avoid that happening, uh, they can get punished by the three power attacker I just played, but if they tap out, I mean maybe I'll just kill them with the Parhelion, and that means that all of the effects in the deck that I played are supposed to try to be able to put the Parhelion or Grease uh, sorry the Parhelion or Sky Sovereign in my graveyard right before I reanimate it, as opposed to the turn before, which I think is very important and something that's somewhat understated in the Grease Fang decks generally.
0: Yeah, that's that's a super sweet point. I didn't think about so I my experience with this deck. It's only one league. I went 4 one, but I punted my loss. So basically, a trophy, right? Yeah, the <laughs> trophy. <laughs> you can say you can say it was a trophy, and uh, I didn't think about this, but I definitely people played definitely against me, graveyard trespasser, and go blank, which I didn't feel they were particularly impressive that must be one of the reasons also Mm -hmm. i want to uh praise season Hollowblade. um i uh, one of the formats that i play the most especially in paper is vintage cube and uh, (laughs) season hollow blade it's a very good card in vintage cube in fact when i when the mango cube was on magic online wizards sent me the, the 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 win rates and of of the cards in season Hallowblade was the third most winning card of uh, of the of the MTGO on format so whenever it was put in the deck it would trophy 60% of the time
1: 60% oh, man, of that's, the time I didn't I didn't actually know which, that <laughs> if you, if you'd shown yeah, me that maybe was, I would have um, found this card earlier <laughs>
0: yeah so when I, when I when I when I played with it in the league I was again so impressed because just even against uh, you know just normal decks, people don't really want to trade. Yeah, I think it's a just for it's very a expensive. In right? hand. Like if
1: your opponent is trying to attack you, they actually lose tempo if they try to yeah. tap it. Like let's say they um, you know play a fire it or whatever to try to get an attack in. That's actually expensive yeah, for them. Against, or like attacking it just sucks. Red. Yeah, like yeah, it's just a good card. Red,
0: athletic- <laughs> I played against Mono Red and I just left it on in defense. Yeah. And my opponent could never attack me. Or
1: if you're trying to like put pressure on blue Eye control, it's a card that you can play into Supreme Verdict without a lot of difficulty. Um, so it's yeah. actually just... like I think Season Hallowblade is just a good card that we could probably be playing in more decks um, in Pioneer yeah. in general.
0: The card... Yeah, the card I wasn't that impressed with was Hazoret,
1: I think. Uh, Yeah, but Hazoret maybe, is actually more impressive again. if you have a Seasoned Halo Blade, oddly enough. <laughs> that's true, that's but, true. But, uh, so the thing about mm. Hazoret was that the idea behind blending... I mean, I've, I've mentioned that I wanted to combine the Rakdos Midrange and the grieffang decks, but I guess I mm-hmm. didn't clarify why that was a desirable thing to do. And the main thing is that I want to make it so the ways in which my opponent can fight either plan have to be divergent. So... I want whatever someone has to do against Grease Fang, I want that to be bad against the rest of the cards in my deck. So what I did was I thought about I played I played the stock Grease Fang decks and I thought about what they did that was good against me. And that was a list of specific removal spells and graveyard hate cards. So for example, cards like Fiery Impulse, Rending Volley, Go Blank, those are really, really good against Grease Fang usually. So I tried to make all the cards that weren't that in my deck good against that. So Removal spells are not very good against Seasoned Hallowblade, Fable, Hazret. Uh, And the same thing for Graveyard hate cards a lot of the time, because most of the Graveyard hate cards like Unlicensed Hearse or Go Blank are tempo negative, so they tend to be bad when you're falling behind a board, which is why I wanted to emphasize being aggressive. And that's why Seasoned Hallowblade and Hazaret are so important. I mean, if you just... That that that's from a theoretical standpoint, but even if you just look at the actual cards, so, like go blank, so is really horrible against Hazard the Fervent. like really really bad. <laughs>
0: so you're saying that your deck is more geared to be better post sideboard against the normal cards that people would bring against you? Uh,
1: well, sort of. I mean, it's both going game one as well, and po- oh, yeah, it's post board especially because that's when the hate stuff is going to come does, up a lot. Um, but just in general it the way of Again?
0: Does it ever happen that you say, that you take out the Grease Fang and Parhelion uh, part of the combo?
1: Yeah, just against uh, the Heroic deck. Like, If I have enough sideboard cards to bring in, which is mostly removal spells, and that's good enough mm. to beat my opponent, then I probably don't need the combo if it's vulnerable. But most of the time you need both in order to keep your opponent stuck between the two options. Because if you just morph into just a mid-range deck, unless a mid-range deck is very heavily favored in a matchup, that's probably a little dangerous. You need you need some you need some some of it to keep them honest. But I do often shave down on the combo a bit. But there's also a little bit of a guessing game there as well, which is very valuable. Um,
0: and uh, let us know um, the reason why you chose to play Grease Fang. Um, this is, is this your first RCQ in Australia? Have you played? Um... Either RCQ there, Pioneer, or have you tested? I don't know. Is it Phoenix, Monogreen, Rakdos? Oh, uh, like yeah. That? This was
1: the first Pioneer RCQ um, at my friendly local game store, Good Games Morley. Great store. Very, very big fan. Um, always happy with the events there. But uh, yeah, this was the first Pioneer RCQ I played. Um, I did play a standard RCQ before, but that was a little bit more of, you know, a phone it in and submit a deck that was, you know, whatever. But uh, I think, yeah, I, I, I of course, I tested many other decks because I think the bar is. I mean, um, I, I, I'm trying very hard to win these events, and the bar to play a deck like Grease Fang that's not well established as a good deck is much higher than to play a deck like Phoenix or um, Mono Green, right? Like, if I'm going to play Grease Fang, I need to be sure that it's good. Otherwise, I could be throwing a lot away by not just like playing Nathan Story's Blue Red Phoenix deck or something, right? That's that's a lot of equity to put to to give up to play a deck like Grease Fang. So, I did have to be very confident that Grease Fang was. A good choice. Um, it was and a good to choice. be confident, that, to be confident in that, I had to play all of the other decks a lot to be sure that I wasn't doing something very stupid. Which and, you know, I might have done.
0: And pioneer, yeah pioneer is a format that is still very open, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. You don't yeah. really have a clear, a clear like you know, top four, five, mm-hmm. or ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that with the pioneer showcase qualifier. So let's now talk a little bit about the Magic Online competitive system because. You know it's not that many people that play competitive magic on magic online so since this podcast is very often going to refer to these events i think it's important that we kind of explain a little bit so Mm -hmm. every weekend you have two challenge of every format so you have a saturday pioneer challenge and a sunday pioneer challenge once every three months you have a showcase challenge which will the whole top eight will qualify to an event that happens one of each three months where there's around 30 players Uh, 24 that come from this Showcase Challenge and um, usually 4 or 6 that come from the Last Chance Qualifier. So, the past uh, uh, Sunday, the Pioneer Showcase Qualifier happened and was won by Cherry X-Men with Monograin Devotion the top eight sees six different archetypes actually seven because there's two blue white control but one with urn by played by tiago saporito and one without urn and then we have two blue red phoenix one black red sacrifice one banned spirits and one black red range played by marcio so we see how there's basically seven different archetypes in the top eight of one of the most important event so still not that many people agree with what's best. Mm-hmm. We've just got abandonings in expressive iteration. Blue Red Phoenix still puts up two decks in the top eight. I think Pioneer is just in a great shape, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think that's a big part of the appeal of the format right now. Like, it's incredibly open. I mean, it's just less developed because it's such a younger format compared to the other ones that exist, right? Like, we we, yeah. we kind of know what what is possible in modern, but we don't really know that much about Pioneer. Uh, especially because there haven't been that many major competitive events for it other than these challenges. Um, so, you know, it's not like there were like there are pro tours that have happened for it yet or anything like that. So I think there's a lot out there. Um, and that's why I think it's good to be willing to try this stuff because, well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we thought Mono green was like the be all end all of the format and it didn't take long for, for that to change completely, right? Like, I mean, if yeah. you told me like... Uh, a couple months ago, that black red would be the most popular and arguably best deck in the format. I would think that you were joking. Um, and that would yeah. very and real. Outside- like, I just don't know.
0: Outside of the deck that I mentioned in this top eight, there is so many more decks that just <coughs> top eighted Sunday Challenge. For example, Band Spirits won the challenge. In second place, Abzan Greasefang. Fourth and seventh, Borosagra, one of them played by Canister. This is the heroic deck with Illuminar Virtuoso, and then three blue white control. In the other top eight, we have Indomitable Creativity with Wormspite Worm. So you see how, I mean, obviously challenges are uh, seven round Swiss event, but still uh, very cool to see how so many different decks do well and uh, I want to say that uh, You know the strength of uh, cards like treasure crews uh, That are so p- people are just so afraid you know of having treasure crews in a format They're kind of kept in check with this banning of expressive iteration aren't they?
2: Yeah, I think yeah, I think, um, think um, the yeah. format is very balanced right now Like we see a lot of decks that have been there for a while like mono green black red blue white like those decks These decks have been already tuned for, like, months. It's not like we don't know how to build Monogram, right? I I think the the format is, like, surprisingly balanced right now. I I think it will maybe stop being like this in a few months, but right now I think Pioneer, it must be one of the most balanced formats, like, all around, if not the most one, like, most balanced one.
1: Yeah, and I really like that it's not only balanced, but there's a sense of discovery. Like, something really cool might happen in two weeks, and I have no idea what it is, right? I think that's really awesome, I think. That's that's a big appeal of Pioneer at the moment.
0: Uh, one of the, you know, since they stopped uh, uh, the competitive uh, events, I want to say that it's a little bit harder to understand exactly what goes on because, of course, you're not gonna have these like big teams gathering in one house, mm-hmm. practicing one format for a while, and then coming to an event, and where you have actually like you know a lot of good players playing the good decks. So maybe after the um, well, what are they called regional championship, uh, regional championship, mm-hmm. we're gonna get a better idea of the format. But for now, anyone can just claim that what they play is a great choice. Like you just claim that Mardu Fang is your best choice for you, mm-hmm. and you know probably you are the, the only player, you know one of the tenth person in the world that says that, <laughs> and so probably yeah, and other yeah everyone else that you know comes to the uh, conc- so much different conclusion so that's very cool and uh, again definitely one of the strength of pioneer after the strength of pioneer obviously being that the decks are cheaper mm. than modern decks that's another very strength of the format the second strength is the deck diversity
2: i think it's good and also like i think it's very really true that since there are no like pro teams trying to break the format like the format is Going to work like this for a while, at least, because even if they have like important tournaments, you know, like it's not gonna work the same. I, I used to think like what actually killed formats were like that kind of dynamics where we just have like you know five teams or twenty people just trying to break it, and because they eventually broke the format. But since we don't have those anymore, it doesn't look like we're gonna have them. I, I think that's actually good for the like sort of like the ecosystem of the decks, you know, the balance of the decks. Like, I know, like, this last Marks was one with Monogreen with a Nicole Bolas in the deck. Is that correct? You, yes, like, it's with a new. The, you know, with a, no, it's a that's new... That's cool. You know?
0: yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a new quote unquote tech that popped up a few weeks ago, thanks to um, Nisa. Uh, you can uh, you can put and an storm the festival, you can have this Bulls. we'll let you win with Karn and Kiora and a bunch of different things so you know, I, again, unclear if it's the right choice or not, I mean, yeah, but it's now the, the fashion of the I mean, we, of we, the yeah, we're
1: talking about the, the appeal of the format in general but in terms of what's, of how that translates into something uh, practical for, for the listener I think what I would say to take away from that is that when it comes to a format like Pioneer that's not very developed I would really encourage you to try new things and uh, not assume that what's out there already is particularly settled or necessarily even particularly great, you know? Like, it might not be. We just don't know. The fact that we don't know is something that should affect how you approach the format. So be willing to explore uh, even more than you normally might for other formats, I think. Um,
0: I think one of the biggest examples of this is when uh, Raktor's Midrange was winning a lot. And uh, some persons, some, you know, uh, some big names, uh, which I also was part of one of them, were seeing how Red Black was, was a bad deck. I remember I was playing cards like Kruksa in a deck with barely no self-milling, only Fable of the Mirrorbreaker. I was playing cards like Soarin', the Mirthless, uh, you know, just, I didn't even like Graveyard Trespasser, to be honest. And I was like, wow, there's no way this deck is a good deck. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of, you know, talk about that way. But then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, sorry, slowly but steadily, Rakdos kept winning you know every event marcio won the, the showcase challenge the top hated the showcase qualifier and so on and so forth you know does so well every uh, every weekend so it's clearly now one of the best decks but you know so if people tell you that your deck isn't that good it doesn't necessarily mean because the format is so unexplored you change like five or ten cards and then you got yourself a very good deck yeah i mean a big part of that was
1: also the iteration of it right like we were just talking about how before decks might be, the formats were accelerated by big pro teams and I think it would be remiss to talk about the development of Black Red without mentioning content creators like Misplaced Ginger who you know I mean it's basically that guy driving a lot of the development of Black Red and I mean it's just one guy right I mean he plays a lot and he tries a lot of things and he's you know pr- pretty good player but it's not like he's a team of 20 pro players shoved in a house trying to break things and so you need to I mean a lot of the time if you're following a deck you kind of need that time to play out for whoever's working a lot on a deck to to iterate a lot on it and so on um so that's another reason why sometimes things can change like over time you know
2: yeah i actually think there's something with pioneer that there's a phenomenon that also you can see in other formats is like i think ragdash midrange and to less than phoenix they are like what i call uh good players magnet you know like they, they like If you do Marcia, Marcia will never play like Boros Agro in this Pioneer Showcase, right? Like, there's a lot of good players that could play certain decks. And I think for that reason, in like high-level tournaments, because the Mox is like a high-level tournament, those decks tend to perform better because the best players usually play those. Like, I am not that sure that Black-Red is that much better than, I don't know, Heroic or Mono Blue Spirits. Like, I'm a little bit skeptical, but I... I because I think, like, I see the names of the players playing the the blue, black red and the blue red, and a lot of them, like, they're not players I know, and I know they're very strong. I know because they know they're strong. They play those decks, but other decks, like, I don't know, maybe blue white control is the best deck in Pioneer. That could be the case. But a lot of very good players will never play a deck like that. But Bolobo also got the finals, you know, with with the um, with the deck. And I think that's also something we, if if you're trying to see which deck you should play Pioneer, just don't only like. You know, not only like the best deck because it might also be the best deck or considered to be the best deck because the best players play it often I'll I'll,
1: I'll be honest that always kind of puzzled me I could never figure out how to to approach looking at that because I thought the same thing where I was like well I mean based on having tested with Marcio he could probably have played whatever and he would have come second in that event for sure (laughs) but I also then think well he's also really good and he did choose that deck so you know I don't really know whether to 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 disentangle the strength of the player from the deck that they play right it's tricky it's tricky for sure it's not uh, easy
2: but like it it can go it can go both ways like you know like yeah yeah, this i mean if a lot of good players are playing a deck you know it's like a solid deck for sure like that's like guaranteed but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for you
1: yeah i think yeah the best deck that's what i'm trying to say the one the the best deck is the one that adds the most win percentage for you i guess exactly um so yeah it's, it's good to be aware of that bias that's that's definitely something worth noting that's that was a good note for sure
2: yep.
1: mm.
0: yeah so many people uh, don't have time to practice yes. you know many people uh, just put on the podcast while going to work or put on the podcast while going for a walk and you know, just maybe go to a tournament and only have watched mm-hmm. uh, a stream or listen to the podcast about the deck. So having some people like us telling, um, you know, why you should play this deck or why it's a good choice sure. will definitely help. Yep. I want to say in general that having a experience with an archetype will help you in every format. So for example, if you play, if you're the kind of player that played Jund like five years ago in Modern, you might love to play for color omnath in modern right now or you might love to play rakdos mid in pioneer right now so there's a lot of skills that can go over and if you don't have that much time to uh practice it's totally fine to net deck uh you know buy a sideboard guide uh, on either cfp pro or uh, in, for example misplaced ginger has his own uh, but yeah in general um i think that it's definitely a good thing to be aware of what you can play but just keep in mind that a format like pioneer it's super open and you're very rarely going to be wrong if you pick up one of these like top 12 or 15 decks
1: um well i don't know 12 or 15 sounds like but that, that that's an exaggeration that's a lot. okay, that's, <laughs> yeah. okay. I, I don't know if i would say a number that big but i understand <laughs> your point i just wanted to touch on something there and i think that might be, it's probably it's too large a topic for now, but I think at some point we can probably address, a lot of people are in that position where they have limited resources, where um, like people like me and Javi are used to having like a very large network and a lot of time and resources to put towards figuring out what's best. But a lot of people don't have that. And I think something that would be valuable for us to discuss at some point is trying to make the most of your limited resources. So using your time very efficiently, trying to learn how to sort through all the noise and get to the good information well, interpret that information in a way that's useful to you, You know, recontextualize it in a way that whatever you read becomes useful to what you need it to do. I think that's something that we could probably look at in the future. That's probably worth looking at because I think, yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of stuff out there. um, And I think a really important skill nowadays is learning how to use that well for yourself because, yeah, not everybody... Has you know all of those resources to put into fixing yeah. stuff out. Certainly, yeah, so, yeah. for sure. let's, let's do that at some some future point. That's that's uh, that's on a to do list. All right, all right, cool.
0: But but I mean, I said I said twelve fifteen because we ju- I just mentioned twelve decks in Pioneer so far, and we've never mentioned multiple spirits, which uh-huh. is you know a deck that our our other friend of the Carnies, is uh, Zenta Takahashi, uh, won a RCQ with and is is pet deck of choice. So I'm just saying mm-hmm. that. It's 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 just more hard to be wrong. Sure, there's think, a lot of different decks. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just I just, just instinctively I was like, well, I mean, fifteen. That, that's a lot of decks, you know. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot <laughs> of decks. I mean, if it's, it doesn't matter whether we think it's eight or ten or fifteen, you know, the, the point is the same. There's a, There's I a know, good there's a good uh yeah. margin margin for error there. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think. Um, and also I, to be fair, I just said I think my degree's fang is great, and that's that's not even if you named fifteen decks, it would not be one of those fifteen. <laughs> so. You know, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's very really cool, so, though. Yeah. I think that's very really appealing for the format.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. So All right. the, the 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 original uh, qualifier, so the one that you have in Australia, the one that we'll have in Europe, will happen the week after the pre-release of the set after Dominaria United. So there will be two new sets after this, mm-hmm. and uh, so that means the format will dramatically change. By then, it's and that exactly and that after the Brothers War, not dominaria
1: United, by the way. It's a set after, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, set yeah. after
0: Luminaris, so Brothers mm-hmm. War. So that means that it's going to be the first event of a new format. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun to see how the metagame will shape up after uh, that event because back in the days, oh, yep, PTs yep. used to be the week after pre releases or two weeks after pre release, and then the format would shape up around that. So I think Magic is going to back their way or it's just totally random. That's also very possible. No, oh, no, I don't think You'll mm-hmm. so. never no. know.
2: It depends. Do you think, do you think they're going to shake the format by banning something or unbanning? Because that's something they Could used be. to do before. They used Could to ban be. no, that something all, before I've, the tournament. That, that, so that was, that that shake was
1: up. what they did when they didn't have a new set to do that, right? Because, I mean, yeah. they either have to have a new set where they add a ton of cards or they have to remove some cards by banning to make the format fresh and exciting uh, and to yeah. do that will not
2: impact as much right like uh, well if, it's gonna be two right? only one set well it was still oh, like guess, yeah. um, if you think about it like the last sets in Pioneer they changed things only after quite some time like it's not like mm-hmm. everyone had Shredders in the week one
1: yeah that's you true know?
0: I don't know if you remember the, the PT that we played in Yucapena everyone had Shredder in the but, Phoenix
1: deck
2: uh, it was already uh, later was, than is, that and the that rate of for four
0: change. in the main deck that,
1: that rate of change might be related to the um incentives more than the sets themselves right like we don't know whether yeah. the that was because the sets were not that impactful or true, because true. we didn't have that much incentive which is something we just yeah. talked about so i don't know that i guess maybe true. this is how wizards finds out you know let's just yep, do okay. it,
2: see what happens so, so do you guys think do you guys think there will likely be no buttons then
1: i mean i wouldn't I, mean, I i think i think that bans are something that involve a lot of uh policy objectives that we're not necessarily privy to um i mean w- w- wizards has certain incentives right um that that we may not necessarily understand so i i think it's very hard for us to meaningfully make make predictions about that you know i i don't think we can make any useful projections maybe mango disagrees hey, but so, you know
0: <laughs> so 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 far in uh, in pioneer day band lures of the dream then and Expressive Iteration, and sure i mean those two cards are one best cards have printed recently but they well, weren't not like yeah, I mean, dominating it
1: <laughs> banning loris was really i mean they were just kind of cleaning up there you know yeah. like oh, are we killing any other yeah, formats
0: yeah exactly <laughs> so they weren't really they, these bands in this the formats were already like fine and the cards still got banned so i think as anthony said it's pretty possible to predict i mean at this point i would never see any ban coming because as we said there's like 15 decks and they're all viable so but you know things might change if they print I don't know not a good card soon yeah I mean we don't like know I mean, we just, we can just can don't trip. know
1: so yeah maybe but um I wouldn't expect so and you know I, th- I think a lot of people um who are going to be playing these qualifiers at the end would like to play something similar to what they qualified with you know that's that's kind of an appeal of uh a non-retaining format that it doesn't change super violently so I think they would probably prefer also, not to like make some drastic ban just for the sake of banning you know so
0: in a f- in a format so unexplored like pioneer we've seen uh, the power of uh, influencers like uh, jmm ian moritz merkel who top for a I uh, i think it was pioneer showcase mm-hmm. with abs and grace bank and then just out of nowhere it became like one of the most played dads. yeah I, I, so I actually blame him directly this- for
1: making leagues uh 13 less fun so uh thanks for that
0: <laughs> so so now uh, like you don't like again it's very, very hard to say, you know, after the PT, you might talk about bandings, but so far, I think it's...
1: Okay, yeah, know, but pretty, I mean, in general, I don't just, think it's... Yeah. I mean, not only do I think it's very difficult to make an accurate uh, projection, but I also don't think it's very useful. I mean, like, we can talk about what might happen yeah, in yeah, terms no, of bands, no. but like, it's not going to change anything that we do now. So, until we know it's coming, let's it's, not worry about these things, you know?
0: Yeah, I i often I often get uh, comment in my YouTube videos saying, like, if I believe that... I don't know, Blu-ray Merktite will get a ban soon because they want to buy the deck. So that's mm-hmm. very much a player's concern. Okay, yeah. Knowing if a deck is too good because they don't want to buy the cards. Because, you know, let's be honest, Like we're talking about competitive and everything, but most people that listen to our podcast think about buying cards, think about their collection and things like that. So, okay, well, I'm um, going to say... You know, as a content creator, yeah. That's, that's your concern. You because I mean, yeah. As
1: far as I'm concerned, I'm just going to talk about what I think is going to win. I'm just going to assume you have Ooh. all the money in the world um or you know <laughs> from, or maybe you have friends nice, with sir. all the money in the world you can borrow the cards from you know same thing it's not really my consent so to, that's less nice but yeah. still nice yeah i mean anyone know? who says uh, do i think something's gonna get banned my answer is always gonna be i don't care and probably you shouldn't either you know so otherwise if you yeah, care absolutely. you should ask somebody else
2: to, <laughs> that's phil anthony right there you
0: can't, you can't borrow cards though because you damage all the cards oh, yeah
2: well.
1: <laughs> that's,
0: that's true anthony
2: damaged the cards like he touches a card and the cards like bent forever. Yeah, for for those of you <laughs> who
0: don't know, Anthony has a very, uh, let's say, peculiar way of shuffling his deck. <laughs> it's not actually peculiar; just, it's cards. just a little rough, I guess. <laughs> and that's and that's and that's why the name MTG bent card for him. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it comes from here. It was here. from when we were yeah, all on so Team
1: MTG th- Mint Card, and I qualified for the PT, and then Mango. What well, our original plan was because we had to submit two teams of six with a Pro to a team, team series. Series, yeah. Um, for a team it series. was going to be mtg mint card and mtg near mint which was uh really clever but after i qualified and they wanted to put me on one of the teams they realized they could not in good faith uh have me wear something <laughs> that yeah. said near mint so we changed the mtg bent card and i don't know i thought that was clever and i kept it ever since so it was the
0: logo was just
1: uh, i think there was a bending <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was a hand bending a card, but it was like old pink and it looks like a
2: crab. The crab. The
1: actual reason it happens is because my hands are a little bit too small to break the bridge when I riffle. So the cards just like they get they get kind of mauled. Um also means that I yeah. it also means it, I can never play Yorion, which is very I'm sure it's you know, it's it's very sad. Anthony, yeah.
0: remind me who the team was. It was
2: me of your kalk you. Uh Michael Mester?
1: uh michael
2: oh, Bond cory uh, Balm- baumeister yeah. yeah
1: that's it yeah we didn't know
2: cory back in the day though it was like no. we didn't know him yet yeah we were missing a person to fill the team yeah it was a yeah. great pick up yeah can you imagine you're didn't like oh we need much. one
1: more person and it just you just happened to get cory baumeister like what a score yeah yeah he was like very
2: cool and very good but we didn't know that much about him i think yeah no complaints yeah of course
0: yeah yeah yeah, the, the, um, there was a team series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was uh, the year. So, me, Javier, we won the last team series to ever Yeah hey, victory. Yeah. That was with Araruya Sword, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. The team was me, you, Gerd Kovacski, Shitian, Kelvin Chu, and uh, Jeremy Master That was the team. Yes. Master Chu, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was 2019. So, this was. So we had another another Eeyore between MTG Bandcard Card and this one, right? Uh, I
2: don't remember. I, think so. no, I, think so. I don't remember. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. I don't remember which one. No, I don't remember. Oh, either. well, you know, but, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that,
1: that's history, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that's, where where uh, were, were we before this? Some, some I, think, I, think, I feel that we have digressed, I think.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. okay, it's okay. People love, uh, people love the old days' digression when we were... Good and winning at paper events. Okay,
1: Boomer.
2: Oh, well, we can still do that. Apparently, <laughs> I think You're so. Antonio won. a PTQ. I wasn't uh, the only
1: one who yeah. who did something though. Um, someone else. Ooh, someone that's else. True. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we should we
0: should what mention. That. This Sunday. What happened this Sunday, Javier? Did you get any 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 record worth sharing?
2: On Sunday, I went to play old school here in Barcelona. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. Friends. So I was wrong. I, yeah, <laughs> I hate you I so much. This, was, this so is, right, is why
1: we needed a plan. All right. yeah. Talking
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then well i i copied the saturday challenge in magic online with the standard which let's be clear i'm completely clueless in standard right now but i just copied the hinata deck i played the standard like some weeks ago and i just found that deck was fun but hard so i played this weekend and i was like playing um only one table because on the weekends a lot of green greeners including myself we just play like different tournaments at the same time yeah, but this time yeah. I was only yeah. playing standard so I would play like Hinata like full focus because yes I play Hinata the so-called oh my god one deck format
1: mm-hmm.
2: um sure. I found that deck was pretty good playing the deck uh I, I if you ever played this deck without playing any games before I recommend it to play only one game not to go at the same time <laughs> uh other than that um yeah I just stopped it I think I won like four two five one I don't remember uh, I ended up losing in the semifinals to Met-, Met Death. I don't know how to say the name. The Magical Rider Riders. Met yeah. On Boris. Boris right. just destroyed me. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I like the gameplay a lot. It reminded me of the uh, last standard, like, Epiphany kind of mirror matches, mm-hmm. because I played a lot of mirror matches. I played like four mirror matches where I was honestly a little bit lost. It's
1: because tough. it's like yeah, all it's the really cards are good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was at boarding, it was like, you know, all the cards were good so the other time i played the deck i think i went zero to drop but i played once against ever In the mirror match so i tried to i tried to imagine how like i tried to remember which cards he left in the deck so i tried to cyborg as he will (laughs) cyborg because i thought first in the beginning like dragon might be bad or fable might be bad but since he kept those in the deck i was just keeping them in my deck so i just didn't cyber much you know to be fair in the the whole tournament that's
1: an interesting thing because you know i mean javier you know says that he's clueless but i mean that's (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think that may be underselling slightly. You know how much he, he knows. I mean, even kind of if knowing blind, he's able to feel these things. yeah. that's totally coolness. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, it's yeah a relatively, way we would say it. relatively compared to how you might normally be uh, prepared for something. But you know, it's worth you know trying to figure these things out. I mean, I think that's already very telling. The fact that your reaction was like, "I'm going to challenge everything that I might assume." Like most people would never think, "Hey, maybe Fable of the Mirror Breaker sucks in this matchup." Maybe Goldspin Dragon's not, you know, that important here. Maybe I should consider cutting it. The fact that you think about that is something that I think is important for a lot of players, I think, um, when they're jumping into something that they don't necessarily know that well. Like, be well, even if you don't know that much, sometimes that's useful because not having that experience also means that you don't have any kind of uh, a prejudgment, you know, uh, any any kind of prejudice. You don't, you know, your, your perspective is more open. So... Sometimes that's a good thing. Jumping in fresh means maybe you can see something, or you know that that you might not otherwise have, right? So it's not all bad. Or, it's not all bad. Or,
0: an, or yeah. another thing you could do is go to CFB Pro, check Standard Inata <laughs> Deck Guide by Reed Duke, cousin of Jabberwocky, Update on July fifth, and he has. A, that's actually that is actually that is actually exactly
1: how uh, I would I would introduce uh, the the many accomplishments of Reed Duke. He is uh Jabberwocky's cousin. That is. That is his no, main but credential, just, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's
0: like <laughs> uh, I'm pretty you, sure you he's pretty proud. You know, <laughs> you mentioned each other walking. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's that's the easiest way if you don't know how to cyber with the deck. Just, no, just absolutely, it absolutely.
2: It's yeah. but it's like uh, you know, like some cards. I'm pretty sure they are like very contextual to what your opponents hmm. do.
1: I mean that's standard. In like, if you, like
2: if your opponents take out creatures, well then Valor's essence like becomes rewards, mm-hmm. right? Like I was trying to yeah, keep yeah, it, yeah. like exactly. you know, keep but keep it dynamic, uh, but It was a little, like it out it was a little bit confusing to me. Like I will spend all my cyber time just like trying to see how the games will play. But I think because I it think- felt like this. Deck don't have, they don't have bad cards, right? This kind yeah. of decks. It's it's interesting, though, because,
1: I mean, like, Kavya alluded to this before, but, you know, talking about, oh, my God, Hinata, the one-deck format or whatever, which is kind of people's perception of standard looking from the outside, but also having played, like, a lot of standard recently, not even for any particular reason, I just like playing standard a lot and it's easy to do so on Arena, (laughs) and having looked at uh, the most recent uh, standard challenge results, it kind of doesn't really seem to have borne out. I think Hinata, I mean, I never really believed the deck was so huge, but especially in that challenge, um, it kind of looks yeah, like... The challenge yeah. where Javier
0: came third was won by Mono Green mm-hmm. that was also played... That also came
1: second in the
2: one next.
1: Well, Mono Green so, just, just did absolutely really well in that fall, in that challenge and Hinata did not. I mean, there was still...
2: My, my top eight yeah. had only one Hinata. in yeah, the top 8. Most of it, most of it like eight. I think
1: Fire Shoes... Um, oh, man, he's so... He's so useful for seeing these things. You just follow him and it all just comes up on your timeline. But anyway, uh, the uh, he, <laughs> he, <excuses>. mentioned, he <laughs> mentioned that there was a lot of Hinata in the top 32, but most of it was not in the top 20. So a lot of... I mean, there's always going to be like a lot of Hinata in these tournaments doing well because there's just so many of them. Um, but it's that's the fact there were so many Hinata uh, players and a lot of them were, you know, the, good, the very experienced grinders and they didn't do that well it's quite telling um and it does yeah. seem like uh, the yeah.
2: tournaments are like 45 players so yeah. top 32 means like a 3-3 yeah
1: hinada did not do well if tops. like you know if, if most, of, if a lot it's, of it didn't make it
0: it's strange because well on saturday there's five mono green mm-hmm. in the top eight on sunday there's five just guy just guy control which i guess just i think so it's four sorry it's four yeah um so i I mean it's it fine. Changes, But yeah, it, what about what what about rotation because rotation is happening soon in standard well
1: i mean everything is, i said about I ban- no everything i said about bands applies even more to rotation like we have no way of knowing what's coming so- out and it doesn't really affect <laughs> what we're going to try to do to win as much magic well, as we can in the time interceding so yeah you know, same thing same response yeah, like
0: dragon. <laughs> Ghost Pain Dragon Magma Opus are rotating out so this deck will definitely mm-hmm. not look like this. Bye bye so. Ghost Pain Dragon. We,
2: yeah. we we miss Ghost Pain Dragon or we I don't know. I think I will. I think I mean I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean
1: you know, it was, it was it was all right. I mean, cards like cards I don't know why, but it always feels like a card in standard that super president has been around forever, but it often goes up and down. Like, do you remember cards like the Great Henge, which just felt like the most ridiculous card ever for like 2 months? And, you know it didn't even rotate yeah. or anything there weren't even new cards then the metagame shifted and it was like why would you ever put this piece of garbage in your deck you can never cast it against anything good and then they're you know, like you wait another three yeah. months and you're like oh my god this thing is back how did we ever forget this card was so good and then like slightly before rotation it's like well this card's basically already rotated because i've never seen it in anything outside of a commander deck ever again like it just happens all the time <laughs> in standard anyway like you know so uh, oh, but
2: there are some cards that just stay like staples since they printed yeah i printed, mean that's basically like cards, expressive
1: like... iteration right because even gold spent. No, but like, i
2: mean i don't know like bonecrusher giant comes to uh, mind i mean that like, card a little bit but know. yeah there were
1: times when it wasn't as good i mean bonecrusher giant was more um, of a staple i think but yeah yeah i think yeah. i mean even
2: like love of beast or whatever like there, yeah. there are some cards that are just like very good on the older i know well those cards weren't finger. good those no, cards weren't was good for good, the like,
1: first period i mean it took a little while for those cards to be really good right i mean that that's probably from <sighs> other factors as well I'm not
2: but. sure Sure, i though, don't know like you, i mean Lost maybe track maybe piece, maybe you, you could not
1: have caught me casting bonecrusher giant while well, oko okay, was legal though so you know to yeah, for a little while it yeah. wasn't quite yeah. good you know i mean no, it, it, was was not not, it is well. my
0: it is my job now to take the conversation to modern. Oh, oh yeah okay. the best
2: Jordan format everyone's where Jordan is for antonio
0: apparently yeah oh okay exactly
2: <laughs> you know, put antonio
0: And Modern has also seen the showcase qualifier this weekend. It was Saturday. So whatever I said about the competitive scene Mm -hmm. earlier also works for the event I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So there was a three, there were three showcase challenge every month. And the top eight were qualified to disqualify here, were 30 people. So six uh, winner of last chance qualifiers. So 30 people and the top eight has was won by Claudio HMTG, a Brazilian uh, specific as uh, Brazilian content creator, uh, focused on pioneer. Also happens to be very good at magic. Guess what? And he played black green Yog-Moth, Another Yog-Moth in the top eight. We see two hammer, two Belcher, one living end, and one just get Merktide, which is basically Merktide splashing for Teferi main. Most notably, absence is 4 collar Omnath, which saw a couple of players in the 2-3 bracket, but no players in the top 8, so, mm. very important thing, again, one of the most important tournament, uh, pretty cool, Black Green Yoke, moth, a deck that, you know, I, it's probably the deck I have the least uh, experience in, and uh, the deck that I, yeah, I mean, keeps on doing well, and pretty cool do you guys have any experience with you well, I'm,
1: I'm not gonna lie i mean i've been mostly following pioneer for the last few months so the first thing was when i saw claudio mtg i was like york moth that's not that's not even legal in pioneer he's not playing div visit that's weird um but uh, <laughs> uh yeah i mean i don't know that much but i was i mean also like not being super uh intimately familiar with uh modern lately i was also really surprised to see the lack of four-color, but I don't know if that was something... I don't know how big a surprise... Maybe Javier can tell us whether that was something that's a surprise. Because, for example, like, if you had told me that Hinata would not be super dominating in the standard challenge, I wouldn't have been surprised. But that's because I was playing, like, way more standard than, than most people. So yeah. I don't know if this four-color thing is something... Would it, was it something that we should have seen coming? Or <laughs> is this... Yeah,
2: well, what I don't see coming is Martian not paying the event, because he used to paint every event this yeah. month. Other than that... Uh, so I think, yeah, the lack of four-colors... I think it kind of makes sense if you see if you see the metagame here. Like Yamoth took the tournament, but also like there were a lot of decks that were very good against four color. I, I think four color mm-hmm. is the answer to blue red merite. Like I think the way modern goes is blue red and um, four color are kind of like the best decks in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you know, it's like in an abstract s- s- um, way of saying it. But like four color is worse in my opinion than uh, blue red, but it is one of the- one of a few decks, and probably the best one against the uh, blue red. So uh-huh. if you see the marks now, you can see like okay, for color is a very good deck, but it's only good against like blue red. Uh, everything uh-huh. everyone else is like medium. Yeah. And there's no almost no blue red multi like there's like yeah, it's so like uh,
1: some sort of like mutual destruction like it's dragged both of them down you know um which kind exactly. of makes sense right? that's how yeah I, you know, it's know against exactly well.
2: there's there's like two blue red multi right yeah In, like, I think so. uh, four color is also good against Yoggmoth for sure uh it and is good against Yamoth, but it's not like it is good as long as you don't have to warp your deck too much to be the mirror matches on the um on the blue red decks like if you start playing cards like you know may make emra cool because then you don't lose you lose the mirror match but this 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 cards like impact so much and made against all your other the decks. I think it's so a big it's course,
0: top eight. If I had to play my four color
1: deck, which is the Vivian combo,
2: yeah, I Vivian.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely be scared to play against Belcher. That looks yeah, deep, t- all right. That's also really me.
1: surprising because I mean, yeah, maybe I could have believed that something happened where the four color decks had to fight each other, uh, like all the fair blue decks fought each other and they dragged each other down and now they're out. But two Belcher in the top eight? That's that also surprised me a lot. Yeah. Although maybe that makes sense now. I mention it if the blue decks have been suppressed and you know maybe that's maybe that's good for belcher i guess yeah but belcher, belcher beats control okay i mean yeah control. actually that, that, those yeah. do seem like they should be correlated right like the blue decks do worse than the belcher decks do exactly okay, like okay. if you expect four yeah, color
2: yeah, okay. to push uh, uh out blue red mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you ban blue red from the metagame then belcher is actually great because belcher oh. is pretty good against decks like you know four color or whatever but yeah if you don't true. have the card kind of spell there in front of every every round like it's just a great deck
0: and then there's decks like Hammer and Living Gand, which in my uh, Modern Power Rankings I put in the A tier uh, that just top 8 regardless of the matchup because they're just great decks and they can honestly just just win every, every they can win against every deck they don't have they have less polarized matchup than, let's say, Four Color or Blue Red Merc in my opinion.
2: Um, yeah, but I think Yamoth is actually proving itself to be strong enough to be considered among those like, like those decks. Like I think I have like, Blue Red and Four Color as the best decks or whatever, but I think like the Tier 1 other decks are like Yamoth, Hammer, and Living End because all these three decks do one thing and if you're not prepared to beat that thing, you're going to lose to them. And if you're prepared, you might still lose to them. And I think those three decks are like... Sort of equally good, also in a position where if you play against a very good player with it, you're going to have like a rough time, you know, like the, 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 these decks are actually like decks with a very, like some deep layers of complexity where you have to like know all the tricks and what they're doing. So I think Yagmoth yeah. is also good.
0: Yeah. The is one of those decks that I can't really explain why it wins so much. But it wins so much that it earns respect from me.
1: That means that means there's something that we don't know that we should probably try to know. So maybe that's something we should we should work on. Maybe
0: It's strange because you know, I think again, I played I didn't play much with Yoga Moth. I only played two leagues in my well, now we have probably... in my modern life with it. But I played against it a lot, of course. Okay. I mean modern is the format I play the most. But whenever I played the four colour Vivian or the Blue Red Merc died, which are decks that I play a lot of, I always just not that I'm happy to play as Yogmoth but then again if you're a Yogamoth player listening to me, you can totally be like oh no that's not true I beat blue red every time or I beat four color every time it's just strange to me you know that's it I again I don't have a I don't have to have an answer for everything and the answer that I don't have is why does Yogmoth win so much well, I
2: know why I think it wins but it doesn't make it correct uh so I think Yamoth wins because it is very good to like add applying pressure on the weak points of the other decks while establishing their own plan. Like cards like Greist or even like the Shitty Gaste or the Wolf, th- th- those cards are actually fine cards as long as your opponent cannot play through them. Like if you play Wagavan and they play Wolf, you're like very unhappy, right? If you play interactive interactive spells and they play the, the Spirit, it's also annoying. And if you play creatures, they can play the Greist you're also like, going to lose the ground. But they also play these cards in a way where they establish their own combo. It's like if you, your Vivians were cards that actually did something to the battlefield. Because when you're playing with Yavmoth or against Yavmoth, many games are won with the small creatures. Because like you spend the resources dealing with Yavmoth, but just still lose to the other creatures. Like you have to do something about them. And if you spend all the resources dealing with the small creatures, you can just still lose to Jomath. That makes like, it's sense. It's very yeah, hard if people to, are playing the to, you know, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you I have to like cut you're everything. This are describing
0: Hammer Time as well.
2: uh not exactly because Hammer Time does not, um, like does not play cards that meaning like interact in a meaningful way against the opponents. Like okay. Hammer Time will not deal with your Shredder. You know, it might try to trump them or try to grind you with saga, but trying to generate card advantage is not the same thing as trying to actually answer or cancel your things. But Hammer time is not trying to make your creature not able to connect, the same way Yammoth is. And I, th- I think that's that's the, why Yammoth performs better against style meta games. Like I think Hammer is a yeah. more powerful deck than Yammoth, but I think if you play Hammer and run into a prepared meta game you're in a worse position than if you play Jamoth and you miss the and Call, you know, because, like, Jamoth is still, like, better at doing what it does. And obviously, it's, like, weak against the stack-based decks, but those are, like, not very common in Modern. And also, Jamoth actually improves post in many matchups, which is something Haber doesn't uh, doesn't do. So, okay. I, I I think that those are the reasons why I think Jamoth wins. Uh, like, I have played some Jamoth, and I have played Semestmengu a lot against it, but, of course, that's... Um, it comes from a limited experience but i think uh that's my grasp on the on the meta want, game around. Uh, uh, it, it, although from that it Yorgmoth. almost
1: sounds like it might not be so good for york moth in the near future if we think that the blue decks have been pushed out a bit and decks like belcher are getting better you mentioned that york moth is not that good against
2: no, but i do think yeah. it is like this might is be. a 32 player tournament like that's true it like may not, may not necessarily but, be super indicative that's no true. yeah, yeah okay. I, like I, i'm pretty sure like some mm-hmm. of these balture players will never play Belcher in like an open tournament
1: you yeah, know like this I, is I, like yeah. the, okay. the,
2: these, these mocks metagames they're like you know short of like pts or whatever gps of that for like none the gps like they're like a small players tournament these tournaments mm-hmm. are different because you kind of know there's going to be like less unpredictable things mm-hmm. you know there's going to be like more okay, established so it's, it's also, to, people playing away the, from usually the be experts
1: yeah skewed away from the typical experience that a lot of other players would have exactly not it's, it's a different
2: okay. kind of tournament it's like yep. you know th- there's are high level tournaments because to qualify for this, you had to top it, like, a 400 tournament pe- uh, mm-hmm. person, you know. Uh, I guess that's, exactly, uh, I mean, players. that's just
1: a useful thing yeah. to know in general as well, that we should be careful about how I mean, obviously, yeah. if we don't know one result is, like necessarily we should be careful not to wait one particular result too much but also thinking about the so, context okay. of that result is important as well you know like in this yeah case. absolutely okay, but for me sense, yeah. regardless
2: of what happened in the box you know like just yeah, the yeah, like is a deck talking, that yeah, established itself mm-hmm. as like a very yeah. strong
1: modern deck yeah
0: there's a player bar cezek who keeps on winning and getting second places in modern challenges for the past month and this sunday did it again second place another important results from the challenges are four color uh, for color creativity. So that's the creativity deck that puts into play really the Arcan of Cruelty, oftentimes being Teamer with Explorer and Brandon 6, sometimes being Grixis with Persistent Thoughtsies. And this time it got first on Sunday and second on Saturday. For color creativity is a, another deck that has a, a good matchup against the uh, For Color Control. So once again, you see this trend of just. Strong decks overall that happen to have a very good matchup, not very good matchup, but a good matchup against one of the top two decks, as we mentioned, they are capable of doing very well in Modern, despite, you know, not being in the top, I don't know, six or eighth uh, decks in Modern.
2: Yet, though, I, th- I think Creativity is a deck that's not very developed yet. I think that's why we don't see it in the mocks also. But I think Creativity has all the boxes you have to check in order to become, to become, like, a very good modern deck. I don't know if it's going to be or not, but I think it's cool because, yeah, the interaction, it has, like, an over-the-top plan, it doesn't match up against, like, strong decks, you know. I think that that could become very good. Yeah,
1: looking at this deck, I mean, yeah. you're mostly just playing, like, pretty good cards, right? You, you know, your, your enablers are not, like, heinously bad cards in general, you know? Like, Hard Evidence is not an awesome card, but it is a functional magic card. That lets you play this combo stuff. So yeah, I mean, this, it's not, yeah, that, not that, that far
2: from what you did in Pioneer, though, yeah, right? Yeah, like, you know, exactly throw I mean, the yeah. combo. Like, throw the combo like, cards. Yeah, like, and yeah,
1: the, like, I'm not, I'm not playing like joke cards, you know. Yeah, I, I kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is something, yeah. something.
0: The biggest weakness of the uh, of this deck, in my opinion, is the mana base. It's so it deals yourself so much damage. Like if you lose the Darrow with this deck, you yeah. start from
1: 14 life. Yeah, and, there, uh, there aren't that many decks yeah, that not you. Yeah, like, I mean, everyone's playing like 4-color then, you know. I'll start on 10 or whatever yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But again, I felt to be the biggest weakness of the deck is the mana base. Okay. It,
2: it is a big I can see this deck just losing every time to burn, for example. But not Yeah, but not just burn. Even like a Dragon's
0: Red Channeler can yeah. just um mm. just kill you, like, it's people, like
2: 2 channeler on turn 3 and they can stop your combat you. i guess yeah
0: yeah you just attack for six with two channeler on mm. turn three it's pretty common and if this deck mm. starts from 14 and like you know you have to play uh island and forest it's very very hard since your mana base has only mountains
2: yeah so. yeah no i can i can see that being a weakness but th- that that also doesn't necessarily stop the deck from being good so yeah, we'll see. Made, I yeah, think there's, there's a week. In a few yeah. weeks we'll know how good the deck is it's because it's good against it's
0: decks that don't pressure life total. Yeah. And it has a very powerful uh, so today, for example, on stream I played a um I played whatever a deck and my opponent just solely went on the play, top land, explore, turn three, creativity archon. And that's so easy. They just went turn three, basically tinker. Yes. They just played tinker yep. with creativity. And uh, and they got an archon into play, and I was playing like a normal deck. And it couldn't beat the Archon, which arrived so easily. Like, they, they didn't need to go and, um, uh, what's the entomb sorcery species? Yeah. which was the, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it you're saying they just wasn't yeah, yeah, like, so they, they didn't have to put a lot of resources into the setup, right? Yeah, they exactly. still got to. Yeah. They just okay. had to draw tr-
0: Creativity or Transmogrify, and that was it. Because yeah. with dwarf in dwarf Dwarven, Mine, you always have a target, even if you didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. So and even if you did something, it's a good deck, It's not like they can do, no- it's not like they don't, they're not locked into committing everything. Like, they can go like hard yeah. evidence or they can fit like a lightning bolt in there somewhere and you know yeah, they yeah, can exactly, interact. exactly in
0: yep yeah you have a uh, fable you have Prismary command which lets you just just play cards and uh, and get that way you can easily also art cast the archon that's another important mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. uh that's why you play four because Sometimes you just are cast it's not that hard, especially with Fable Token that makes
1: the, the treasures. Oh man, I just I just so, imagine uh, copying an archon with reflection of Kiki Jiggy. I know I know yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, I yeah, know yeah. that's not something that's actually relevant because <laughs> if it happens like you're you've already like super winning, but it just seems really funny, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's okay. it's, it's, so, so entertaining so to, the, to think.
0: In my in my in my power ranking last month, I ranked this deck pretty high. I think it was like ninth place.
1: So what is that? But, tier one point three? <laughs> <Basically, yeah. laughs>
0: at the time, at the, at the time, it was just a deck that's brewed by Nasif because he's the one that put this deck on the map. Again, it's all about these influencers just bringing decks back from the dead and just the the, the Hive Mind tunes them a little bit, but overall. Modern, just like Pioneer, it's still unexplored because yeah. you know without highly competitive tournaments You can't really have answers about
2: what's I best that I also think Nassif is very good at doing this Like I think Nassif is very good at just selecting the decks and making them like good decks uh, we, He's done that that like a lot of times
0: Yeah, I think I think what happened is he uh, just wanted to build Grexus with Fable of the Mirror Breaker, Persist, uh, Margrave and Creativity and then you realize that black was bad and not the green and I don't know how we came up with explore but that's so genius. It's really good yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, just, that
1: that that looks good. really impressive. Um
0: yeah and 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 this is how we got a deck with you know that now like top 8 challenges he won a challenge with uh, in the hands of Sam Rolf a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um again waited oh, a couple of times always had amazing results with this deck whenever I I feel like it.
1: a lot of the best innovations are the ones where they happen and you're like why didn't we do that already? You know, like, like I didn't, yeah. I didn't really like follow modern that much, like I said. But like, if you know, I, I only, only the only reason that I know that explore was not always there was because you just said so. But like, you know, I would mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, why, why didn't we have explore in our deck with dwarven mind? Like, that just makes a lot of sense. You know, <laughs> that's the best stuff when you yeah. when all of these people are working on it. We just kind of overlooked this thing. You know, that's that's quite something. That's yeah, great right. addition. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, talking about uh, the future, uh, mm-hmm. do you guys plan on playing anything this weekend? Uh, for me personally, I uh, tend to mostly just create content in the week. Uh, don't really love to play the MTGO Challenge. Sometimes I'll have uh, some paper events to go, but uh, I'll mostly just uh, uh, just you know do the the, the news uh, the news desk and uh, do my do my dailies with my with my leads. Okay.
1: But what about you guys? Uh, well, well, yeah, you go ahead first. first. Javier. Javier goes first?
2: Okay. I mean. So I don't really scale that much my weekends. I just, when, when I'm sitting on the computer, I just play whatever challenge is happening because I play everything. So I, I don't care if it's standard vintage, so it could be anything. But uh, one of these two days, I don't know if Saturday or Sunday, I um, I have the Legacy Showcase uh, finals, Alpha. whatever it's called, uh, for the 32 tournament, like 24 playing tournament uh, of Legacy so i'm kind of like excited i want to see if um it goes well i'm gonna be testing this week for it like not too much but i'm definitely gonna be uh seeing um you know what to play
0: Nah, nah javier every, everyone knows that you play cephalid so, yeah i mean don't it, it, it,
2: don't i don't know what that <laughs> deck is i think you mean <laughs> to,
0: to the listeners I,
2: I so i i'm i'm probably playing cephalid but i'm also like i haven't been doing well with the deck lately i've been losing a lot so i'm having like second thoughts so I might just like just go and play like um, you know, normal decks. Yeah. Um, because, Tomorrow, you know, I won't feel bad if I just play it and just go like classic zero 02 drop because my deck doesn't function very well. You know the mm-hmm. feeling? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. Tomorrow I will uh, play a legacy
0: video and I'll play the winner of the challenge. Did you see what won the challenge on Sunday? Yeah, like
2: Riddlesmith's name. Riddle
0: store. Riddlesmith. Riddlesmith. Yeah. Riddlesmith won the Legacy Challenge.
2: I mean, I, it a, I might uh, t- to actually try that deck because it looks like it might be like, good enough to just take a turn of my I don't know anything again. about
1: Legacy. Wait, is there Riddlesmith, like the scars are mirrored and the thing that's like 2-1 loot? So,
0: Riddlesmith is a 2-2-1, yeah. uncommon. Whenever you cast an artifact, you loot. So yeah, draw a discard.
1: Is that some sort of combo? And the deck
0: plays Containment Construct, which is another uncommon. 2-2-1. Oh. Whenever you discard a card, <laughs> you may exile it. If you play that card, right? Oh. Exactly. So that card goes in combination with Lion's Eye Diamond, which is oh. literally Black Lotus, oh. since you wow. discard your hand, get three mana, and then play the cards you discard. The deck has 10 lands, four of which are Urza Saga, 27 0 drop in the artifact, <laughs> and uh, Echo Vions in Gamble, which lets you just go time to as much as possible. Oh, I love all. it. You can play Breakthrough? uh and because again breakthrough with with containment construct you just discard your hand but it all goes under the construct you can cast it so it's just one how do you I stop this for. deck
2: what's that how do you stop this deck like grave your hate so
0: i played it i played a, um uh, again i'm gonna play tomorrow for for so by the time this podcast will go out uh, the, the video is probably out on channel fireball but I'm assuming that the good old uh, combination of Counterspell plus just pressure will, will well, I wonder work. if
2: there's there's one deck that does that, you know? Yeah, Delver of Secrets maybe? Yeah, maybe. I wonder, like, if there's was... If not deck just that, also, like, Chalice
0: of the Void on zero
2: ooh. stops Okay,
1: that does sound... Stops,
2: like, big time. Yeah, okay. you do
0: have one Carnegie Creator to kill Chalice of the Void. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. But I'm
2: pretty sure, like, yeah, the way you describe the deck as yeah. 27, yeah, it's gonna be, like...
0: Oh, oh, the classic question: How does you win? How do you win? You have one copy of Brain Freeze and one copy of Grip Shot, and mm-hmm. you play two because uh, you might ex- you might imprint it to Chrome Mox.
2: Look, oh, so. Chrome Mox. I forget this card's legal. Yeah, four
0: Chrome Mox together with four Lotus Petal and four Mox Opal. So this deck so can make turn one kills, right?
2: Them. Like this can go like Land Mox, Ludlow Smith. <laughs> no, like it can go turn yeah, one kill. Yeah, I
0: mean, I don't know. You have Eye like Diamond plus Echo Veins, so things can happen all the time
2: that's interesting like, yeah it
0: sounds scary uh yeah, yeah. so th- this is the deck that won the challenge uh of course legacy challenge are pretty much uh yeah i mean there is so diverse there's sneak and show elves uh is it delver when it comes up whenever the big important event happens like the showcase so i'm sure that in your event javier there's gonna be a lot of is a delver so yeah, yeah. i'm pretty yeah. sure
2: mm-hmm.
0: Everyone knows that Iso Delver is the best deck. Triosk's uh, name is uh, the world champion, of course. Yuki Ichikawa, uh, I believe he...
1: We're going to have tops. to cut that. <laughs> no?
2: Oh, that's <laughs> awkward. Not. I don't know. All
1: right, Whether we cut it or not will be t- depend on how much we want to embarrass Mangu. But... Uh...
2: <laughs> I mean, Triosuke no. is Ichikawa, not uh, Takahashi.
1: What did I say? You said Yuki Ichikawa. Said, triosuke is Yuki Ichikawa. Yeah. The world champion, the world champion no, 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 is honestly, uh, Yuta Takahashi. No, no, no,
0: one second. One second. I meant Mox champion. Yep,
1: Sorry. Yep, yep. I didn't okay. mean world yeah, champion. Yeah, 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 Yes, that is actually. We're, yep. we're, yeah. we're not gonna delete it okay.
0: because <laughs> I, have no, I have no regrets. Okay. I know, okay. I know, no that, regrets. No regrets
2: that's how Daza, i goes.
0: Dazai is oh, Daza, Daza, takahashi and trioske is yuki chikawa uh, yep. no, no, no. Yep. <laughs> it was just uh <laughs> anyway let's continue so uh the mox champion because i, I know i said the uh, world champion because uh triosk just posted a screenshot of the opponent ranting at him uh, yes, i'm champion and he champion. just commented yeah <laughs> <so good>. <laughs> <Mox laughs> champion and i in my mind yep. uh, I, I i thought about world champions but anyway world champion so he fourth and fifth <laughs> He came fourth and fifth with Isadelver in the two weekends. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously, good player with good deck does well. But just saying that, uh, legacy challenges and paper events aren't necessarily uh-huh. a replication of what's the strongest deck in the in the format. And legacy is the the, mo- the biggest yeah, well, example. So when, when, I when think. it's
1: time to put you know your your money where your mouth is, uh, then you know we'll see. We'll see, you know? <laughs> I think we'll see very soon. Yeah, yeah, I, th-
2: yeah. I, th- I think there will be a lot of Delver decks, for sure. There's always, like, a lot of the Last time I played this tournament, uh, I played Delver, and I think there were, like, 10 level players out of 24, I think. Maybe 8 to 10. So that there were a lot. Like I played, like, four Mirrors or something, I think. It's a bunch of Last mirrors. time, when I lost the finals in this canister not playing yeah, not um, playing very I'm, well. Okay, well, they if you feel like you the, can't play the, Mirrors <laughs>
1: well, just play Seflit Breakfast. Problem solved.
2: <laughs> well, I can't play mirrors. I lost the Mirror. Ah, I, okay. I do. I <laughs> do yeah. know how to so play. Mirrors. Breakfast has a very good matchup against Blue Red Delver. I mean, so, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> it's a decent matchup.
0: It's not. Like yeah, that. it's a, it's a good matchup. <laughs> it's a good. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and for me, Legacy. I will be. Uh, we just organized a paper event in my in my town, so I'm pretty excited for that. The 21st of August, and then the four seasons, the the 10th of September. So I'll also have some some paper Legacy event to go to. Nice. Never nice, uh, is excited. really
1: cool, yeah. and uh, I'm excited nice. for those. I'll play two more Pioneer uh, RCQs because in Australia the rules different, and even if you win one, you can keep playing um, in them. So. I'm just going to. Why, why is that?
2: Uh, why, why is that different in Australia than in of the world? I
1: do not know. I only know that it's different. I again, I can't speculate as to the policy reasons for that. But you know, it yeah, is yeah, what yeah. it is. So I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Never stop.
0: Let's battle. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. How's it How's the prices of those events? Are they good
1: prices? I don't even know. And you know, the worst thing, it's on the other side of the country. I I just decided I wanted to see some people I haven't seen for a long time, because of COVID. So I'm flying to the other side of Australia. Which is a really long way away. Which is? Uh, it's in Melbourne. Which is? It's in Melbourne. How many hours okay. is that, uh, uh it's quite short. It's like three and a half hours or something. So,
0: is is Melbourne the best city in Australia? Yes, it's one
1: of the best cities in the world. Of course, it's one of the best cities in Australia. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. okay, okay.
1: <laughs> after se- af- second place after Senegal, of course,
0: of
2: course. Of course. Is Senegal even yeah, a yeah. city?
1: I don't even know. Is it?
2: Well, if Senegal, if it was a yeah, city, yeah, it would yeah, be the best city. city. I think it counts so more as a, a town uh, than
1: a city, right? I think it's more of a town. It's a city. For, okay. me. for me, it's a city. Uh, but yeah, i will going to Melbourne to maybe play city. a couple of RCQs. So, um, yeah, that'll be cool. And it'll be fun because, you know, luck there. Yeah, travel to see. Um, yeah. And uh, and will you play Mardu or will you change? I don't know. Uh, I guess I should decide that soon, shouldn't I? Because my flight doesn't leave in that long. Yeah, all right. <laughs> maybe I will play Mardu, but um, if, I fi- if I find something else interesting, maybe I'll play that. Who knows? Um, not really sure. <laughs> Honestly, not sure. Maybe
0: all right so next week we're going to talk about how the um, yeah these events will unfold and uh, thank you for listening to the first episode of uh, the competitive magic with the carnies i hope you enjoyed our talk
1: yeah thank you very yeah, much any yeah.
0: constructive criticism don't hesitate to, uh, to throw it at us questions anything like that we are all on twitter i am of course very active Javier and anthony so to be honest if you tag them they will probably answer so again <laughs> yeah. me i am uh, uh mengu09 on uh, uh, twitter instagram and Mangucci on twitch and youtube what about you guys
1: uh i'm mtg well, I, I am... on twitter but i don't respond to anything basically i just exist to be tagged um if you have any if you have any criticism please direct it to at 9 on twitter
2: uh. <laughs> i i am i am javier the magic like in twitter also twitch but yeah i agree with anthony if you have to this isn't you can just you know mango Ciro and i will happily take it
1: All of he's it. very good yeah. at that
2: so i
0: am the social media manager of the of the of the connie no actually anthony is the social media yeah. manager yes. i am just yeah. the person <laughs> yeah. i don't know the 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 the, the thing <laughs>
2: Well, either way, thank you very <laughs> right, much, everybody. You. I also want to thank everyone for listening. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. They had okay. to put up with a lot to get see to this you. point, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. See you. See you next week, everyone. All right. For Adios. Bye bye. Bye.